Welcome to Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC, and a place where leaders learn from leaders. Let's join today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Essence Learning Perspective podcast. My name is Jessica Gold. I am currently the program administrator for the Mental Health Coalition, um, and formerly an intern and virtual producer for Essence Learning. And I'm so happy to be here talking about the essence of Black women leaders with a couple of amazing women who are affiliated with Essence Learning. Um, I'll throw it over to Kanitra Heights, who will introduce herself first, and then we'll go around the table. Hi, thank you, Jessica. I'm happy to be here today. Um, my name is Kanitra Heights, or otherwise known as Kiki. I am a diversity, equity, inclusion director, as well as a friend, consultant, and all-around helper of Essence Learning. And so I am just excited to be able to talk today about the Essence of Black Women Leaders. Hello, my name is Sharice Wilson. I am the Human Resources Manager for Essence Learning. I am also a strategic human resource business partner in the cyberspace world and very excited to share some of my experience on the topic. And Wendy, would you like to introduce yourself? Of course. Hi, I'm Wendy Abels. And first of all, I am a strong ally of Essence Learning. I am also the CEO and owner of WWA Consulting HR Solutions. And I am happy to be a part of this. Awesome. Thank you so much. And so glad to be in conversation with all of you. Um, when I started at Essence Learning, um, I learned a lot and was surrounded by some really amazing professional Black women for the first time really in my life. And so um, one of my projects was to look into the essence of uh, leadership and Black women leaders um, like the ones I was surrounded by. So I'd love to start out by hearing um, some of the experience that you guys have as Black women leaders and leaders in general um, in your, throughout your careers. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and kick that off and get us started. So um, I think from my perspective and my experience, um, you know, as a Black woman, I'm new to the executive leadership world, which is a whole new ball game for me. Um, and I'm able to see from a cultural perspective the differences it is when you are Black women entering into that world of you're on the level of dealing with CEOs and boards and really the lack of representation. Um, that has been my now also it's it's harder. You're, you have a harder fight as a black woman, right? Um, because you're dealing with already being black, but on top of that, now you're a female. So you're adding two different diversity dimensions to the struggle and to the fight. And so you're constantly thinking, how is that lack of representation going to affect how you do your job as a leader? So that has been really my perspective and where I come from with how I think about how I deal with issues that are occurring. And I'll speak next. Um, some of my experience is very similar to yours, Kiki. In addition to the fact of being um, over the age of 40, 
So that's another classification that I've had to experience throughout my career. And um, it has been a challenge, but I found it to be very intriguing and very motivating in the sense of I know that I am representing not just myself, but other um, women that go through the same struggles. So I definitely understand where you're coming from. Yes. Well, hey, I will say that, you know, um, my initial work ethics um, that really were instilled in me as um, I'll say a youngster in my career and because I was a woman of color um, opened up doors for me and created opportunities for me. But along with those opportunities also came great challenges and um, being a African-American woman, and I'll say very specifically in HR, um, we had to have a certain type of strength that we exemplified in every setting. I don't care if we were in the room with the CEOs or, or in the room with the people, the talent that we were looking to bring on board. Um, so I'm really interested to get into these discussions about um, what that experience has been like over the years. Yeah, those are really interesting. Thank you for sharing. Um, I'd love to hear more about what you guys feel like is the most difficult part of even getting into um, the C-suite or into more leadership executive roles. Kanicha, if you have any insights, I'd love to hear them. Um, I think when I when you started saying that, just got automatically, so it was like the doors are closed, right? Like when I automatically just see doors closed and it's, this is only for white men. This is only, even right now, there's a big rise in white women, females, taking in more executive leadership roles. But just because they're women, that doesn't mean that there's space for black women in those positions, right? And so I automatically just see that the struggle is that the door is closed. And who's on the other side that's going to open the door for us? Um, that seems to be the biggest challenge. So you kind of have to force yourself to say, I'm going to find my own key, I'm going to open the door myself, um, because I don't have anyone on the other side to open it for me. My struggle throughout my 18 years of human resources was also getting in the door. So I was very fortunate to um, become a part of a human resource organization, and at that time there was a black male that was the president, and he kind of took my hand and um, I became a sponge and I just learned everything I could and at that time he was very successful, very popular and he taught me that um, in addition to being a black female, um, speaking of what Wendy said in the human resource world, it's not very easy and you truly have to not only, not only have the education, and have the experience, but you have to be able to um, sit at the table, represent yourself in a way where it's not just administrative, but also on the strategic side. And I learned that from him. And um, it has truly helped me throughout my career. And I always think about the conversations he and I had. And I shared with him that, you know, it's not just a matter of I'm being welcome. It's a matter of I have to continue to push and push and push. I have to continue to network, and I have to meet the right people, I have to say the right thing, I have to make sure that I'm wearing the right thing, and that um, mm -hmm. I have the look, quote, quote, 
that an HR professional should have. And so there's been several struggles that I have to remind myself, these are things I have to go through, and how do I, throughout my career, take down these barriers so that the generations after me, that it's a little bit easier, it's not as challenging, and that I make sure that I am opening up the door for them. But it is truly a struggle, even today, 18 years later. Well, I can add um, that I'm about 30 plus years in, and I would say initially it was about observing, knowing my audience, and building relationships. Even if those relationships were seasonal, those seasonal relationships got me the keys that I needed to get through a particular door. And learning how to communicate at all the levels. Um, I know that I had a mentor very on, very early on in my um, HR career that um, I watched how she dealt with um, the lack of diversity. It was a pretty much an all white male environment and um, she was a white female. However, uh, we developed a relationship. And so I was able to really kind of mimic some of the things that I saw and then make it my own. But it was literally uh, almost creating the steps and then climbing them um, as I had to go through my career to get to the next level. Mm. That, that's really interesting, Wendy. Um, I, as someone in the beginning of my career, I'd love to hear more about what you think um, leaders should be doing in organizations to kind of help young aspiring leaders be a part of the a part of the executive suite or learn to um, be prepared for being in the executive suite. You know, I had a leader tell me probably 25 years ago or so that one of their responsibilities was to create the next leader. And that's what leadership is about. It's, it is about developing. You're not just in the moment um, making sure that things are running smooth, but really if you're looking at longevity in a company or in an organization, if there's no leadership development, um, then you know the limbs will die. So I really think it's important in any leadership role to create or develop the next leader. And I'll piggyback on that, Wendy. Um, I know, speaking for myself, um, being a part of a firm, and that's where I met my mentor at that time, um, I was very fortunate that uh, not only did he take me and say, hey, come with me, but he actually hired me as um, a human resources manager at United Way Services. And um, he was the VP of HR. And I was so fortunate not only to have my mentor, but he was also my manager as well. And um, to answer your question, Jessica, I think it's very important that leaders that have the skills, the experience that they've built this network, it's very important that they mentor other African-American um, men and women, specifically women, and um, assist them with getting past those barriers that seem to be such a challenge even in today's world. And I believe that if uh, he had not hired me 
I had not had the opportunity to see him evolve every single day, follow what he does, um, and again, not only as a mentor, but also a manager, um, I would have continued to go through that struggle of trying to find my way. So to answer your question, I think leaders should be mentors, um, whether it's through an association or whether it's through just one-on-one, -on -one, but continuing to be that big brother, big sister to those individuals who are recently graduating and helping them um, remove some of those barriers. Yeah. I completely agree about the, the mentorship aspect of it. You have to have a mentor. I know that's something that really helped me along as I had a, a great mentor and um, that really helped me develop my skills and hone in on what is important in leadership, what's important in an organization to get me to the next level, right? I completely believe in having a mentor that helps drive you. And I also want people to start exploring having a mentor that's outside of a different culture as you. Um, sometimes white men and black females make great mentor relationships, right? Because they are the ones who can help you and teach you these are what things are happening in the C-suite, here's why, you know, and kind of really help learn about each other's culture and really help get you to the next level. I think cross-cultural mentorship is a, is a new movement as well as reverse mentorship mm -hmm. that really is going to help people get to that next level in the organization and learn more about leadership. And, and the Gulf of Wendy's point also with the organizational leadership development, I also think about succession planning, right. right? All organizations that have a form of succession planning where they're preparing future leaders. Because a lot of people of color are stuck in those mid-level positions, right? But we don't tend to look at them as people who could move up into those leadership positions. So we have to start looking at succession planning. What skills do they have? and then provide them with leadership development to help hone in on their skills so that they can become better leaders. And that's how you keep people in the organization as well. Yes. And one thing I, I like to just add real quick, Jessica, and I think Kiki, you could probably piggyback with this. Um, you and I were very fortunate to have um, Valerie Wilson, the CEO of Essence Learning, to assist us with our professional um, development, so yes. we greatly appreciate that. But again, that goes back to the mentorship. Yes, yeah. I completely have to agree with that. I owe a lot of respect and, and due to my career to Valerie as yeah. well, um, from the early amount of teaching when thinking that I wasn't going to be able to get there, mm -hmm. and actually having someone tell me that, you know what, you can get there, you have right. the skills and ability to get there as well. So I think it's important who you pick yes. as your mentor. I wanted to interject one more thought. Um, you know, it's also important for leaders to have a vision of the direction they're wanting to go and then to look for those attributes in people that may not normally exhibit them. But as a leader, you need to be able to see those things. And you also need to be able to understand that there are challenges sometimes that people need to overcome that once they overcome them, they're going in the right direction. So it's not just about leading, it's about helping, helping them understand their own challenges and that they they can get to a greater place. But that's all a part of it. Having that vision and being able to notice things, being able to see a light shining that may look dim to everybody else, but that's a part of leadership. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Speaking of those challenges, you know, I'm really interested to hear how, what role you guys think stereotypes, especially 
with regards to Black women play in the difficulties we often have finding mentors or even, you know, going up in um, organizational charts? Of those well, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> listen, I was told very early on that I stood out and I, it was interesting because the way it was presented to me, it was almost like a backhanded kind of slap in the face. Oh, you're not late. Oh, you dress the way that you should. Or... Um, we don't hear a lot of, about what's going on in your family life or this, that, and the other. And it was as if though all the black women in the organization had been put into a box and that you will be chosen as the acceptable one. And what that meant to me was, so if I'm chosen as the acceptable one, I will make it a point and I will definitely make it a part of my charge is to bring some of these other people that look just like me to the table. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that because the stereotypes with black women, is, it's far and large, right? There's a lot of different stereotypes. And I automatically think of, you know, one of the biggest things is black women in their hair and the culture that is surrounding around hair, right? And I like to change up my hairstyles, I'll put braids in, and the whole thing with the Crown Act going on about what's appropriate for hair for the workplace, right? It's strictly directed at black women. And I feel like when you're working in an organization that is majority white or not of your ethnic group, they don't understand the culture behind the different hairstyles. And it, hair shouldn't be a factor if, if I can get my job done or not, or what, you know, all hair is professional for the workplace. You wouldn't say that to someone who has alopecia and has lost all their hair, right? So it is a part of our culture, um, and definitely a stereotype, and that act needs to be passed, and I feel like in a lot of states and organizations who don't respect that, and who say, you know what, you're not professional enough looking for the workplace because you have natural hair or your hair is natural, or you're wearing fake hair. It shouldn't matter because you should be looking at me for my skills and my attributes and what I bring to the table as a leader. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, that, that I think resonates with me a lot, especially um, as someone who's younger, I think a lot of um, my experience with the professional world was being told, hey, you need to make sure your hair is this way. You need to make sure you're dressing the right way. Um, but I think that in a lot of places, um, especially where the workforce is a little bit younger, things are starting to shift. Um, do you guys have any insights about the ways that either DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, or just the uh, impact of the younger generation in the workforce is changing things a little bit? Yeah, I definitely do, and I can talk about that from a DEI standpoint. Um, you know, it's not like DEI is a new field, right? It's been around for years, but people are now treating it like it's a new field because of the impact of what has happened in the pandemic, what has happened with George Floyd, as well as some of the other things that have come to life that, you know, Millennials and Generation Z are not standing for anymore, and they want changes to be made. It's a high value. For those generations so now we're looking at okay 
we have to hire someone who's a DEI professional. We have to get someone in here who can help us make changes, who can come out with states, but it's more about that. The organizations have to be dedicated to making these changes and having these actions, because if you don't, you're gonna miss out on a huge part of the workforce. We're gonna have mostly millennials in leadership positions, and frankly, they're not gonna work for a company whose actions are not gonna follow what they say. Right. You have to have those policies in place. You have to have leadership who consists of diverse attributes, whether it's ethnic, gender, LGBTQ, you have to start having that because if not, your, your company is going to fail. No one's going to buy your products, and then you're not going to attract those younger generations who are coming in as leaders now. Um, and so DEI, in the way that the generations has really forced that to be a part of the organization, has made a huge impact on how we're viewing leadership now and how people are really starting to change their organizational structure because it's a kind of a wake up or a cancel culture that's going on now where you will get canceled in a heartbeat in social media. So um, I think that has really impacted, especially for black women coming in, how we're going to be viewed in the organization. I feel like it's going to be just consistently changing in the future. And I, I would agree with that. Um, I have been a part of several conversations where organizations are now, as you mentioned, they're now embracing DEI, and um, the first thing they do is, you know, we're going to dedicate this amount of money, and that's great that the company is um, is allocating a certain amount of money, and they're really excited to put it on their website that we have a DNI council and so on and so forth, and that's fine. But if you are not truly implementing an effective DNI uh, program, then it's a waste of time. And um, so that is my concern today. That um, that organizations are my my hope is that organizations not only dedicate the amount of money but they truly take the time to make the programs an effective program that will make a difference. And not just say, we have a DNI council, but you can see it throughout the leadership. You can see it on their Facebook page. You can see it on their website. You hear testimonies from minorities, from black women, from um, Hispanic women. And, and that's my concern today, is everyone is jumping on board, and that's fine, and that's good, but what about two years from now? How are things going to look? That's my concern. Wendy? I will say, you know, nothing looks like it did um, not even 20 years ago or 10 years ago. And I think with the shift in the workforce, and pretty much what they will accept, um, organizations basically will have to get with the program. It's it's sad to say, but some hands will be forced because the workforce has changed and people are willing to um, take risk yes. that they weren't willing to do years ago. People will walk away from an organization if they don't feel that uh, the company is inclusive enough, enough, or that it has the diversity that. Here. About the. 
diversity. They don't no longer are allowing organizations to just talk. They have to actually walk through making those changes. And uh, I think it's awesome. I mean, I'm on the downward spiral <laughs> of this, but it's really refreshing to see um, how things are uh, fluid and how they're changing now. Right. Yeah, I can. I completely agree. It's really interesting. Um, I um, Kenita, say... having worked in the, what was that, Jessica? Oh, I was just going to ask. Having worked in the DEI space, have there been any? Um, strategies or implementations that you've seen that have really um, worked well for companies to really walk the walk um, instead of just talking the talk for um, diversity, equity, and inclusion? Yeah, I, I, I've seen a lot of different strategies, right? I've seen a lot of social media posts <laughs> saying this is what we're doing or we're, like Tree said, we're donating so much money to this cause and so forth. And those are the companies that I always kind of look at and say, are you really doing the things for your people that need to be done? I feel like the most effective strategies are the ones that talk about changing policies and procedures and process. Because if you don't change your policies to have them to be equitable for everybody, you're not gonna you're not following the DEI method of making those impactful changes. And culture right so those strategies have to be something that are worked on from internally like you know how you hire people even where are you recruiting people from are you looking at you know a good mix of resumes of black women black men latino men and women how are you getting those resumes in are you sticking to the good old boys kind of rule of like i know my um my buddy that I take off with and his son, it would be great for this job. You know, so you really have to make the commitment and it's all about a mind shift change. Um, it takes a long time to change a mindset of someone who has been doing traditional ways of doing things and especially with all the new things coming out, it takes a, a good while to do that. Um, so like Wendy said, you know, the next couple of years or two or three years, it's, it's going to be different. Right now it's slow because we're just trying to even get a new thought to change a mindset. So those effective strategies, you'll be able to tell in the next couple of years right. who has truly implemented great DEI strategies. You'll see that in their executive leadership team. You'll see that when people want to apply for their job. You'll see it when their sales goes up and and their customer base grows, I feel like that's all a part of it. Right now, we're kind of in the beginning stages of everybody trying to do something, but I think you're gonna find out in the next couple of years who's really sticking to it, right? I know for me, uh, Wendy, and I'm sure mm -hmm. this is the same for you being an HR professional, I have never seen, if you go to Indeed or LinkedIn, I've never seen so many DNI job openings yeah. ever in, in my entire career. So although that is exciting, again, my hope is that it's True. Um, something that we're doing for today, but that it will truly resonate for for years to come and, and be impactful um, for our next generation. Agreed. Um, it's out there. You can see it. 
Um, there's a client that I work with that they are being very cautionary about how they're implementing things because they really are looking at, you know, five years down the line. They've seen the shift and I can applaud them. We're walking through it slowly, but they have seen the shift and they're trying to really move towards the shift. Um, and that's what it's going to take. Right. I agree. I agree with that. So, so I think we're coming to, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say there's also um, a big huge shift in the DEI world of different leaders, right? There, for so long, it's always been people of color have to lead mm -hmm. DEI. Right. And now you can see more um, white men and women trying to step into that world as well, which I think is great because you need different they just can't rely on the black community or black females to teach you about DEI. You have to rely on some other cultures as well. So I feel like there's a shift coming with that also. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for sharing. We're coming to the end of this episode of the Perspectives podcast. So I have um, one last question. I think as a young professional looking to be where you guys are in a few years, um, I'd love to hear just a piece of advice that you have for aspiring young Black women leaders. Well, I'll, I'll kick this off. Um, first of all, thank you for calling me young. I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> so um, what I would say is get to know who you really are. Search yourself and look at what are your aspirations? What are your goals? Think long-term about a career that you could see yourself thriving in and enjoying. Um, and it may take a couple of tries. It may take, you know, um, you know, doing a little bit of this or working for this organization to kind of know what you want and what you don't know, but never give up on yourself. And when you come to those doors, it's okay. It's okay to knock hard. Don't don't knock softly. Go ahead and knock hard until they hear you. Um, and then when they hear you, wait for them to answer and then tell them what you're going to do when you come in. Um, we have always had um, some pushback for being assertive. Um, I'm sorry, the word that is typically used is aggressive. Um, guess what? There's nothing wrong with being aggressive if you know how to do it skillfully and strategically. So I say go for it. Um, I, I would say, and I don't know, from a millennial perspective, I guess, um, I would say for a long time, I operated from a place of fear in a place of where I didn't value myself enough that I could be in the position that I'm in today. Um, and I think a lot of that also deals with this, the trauma of looking at who has been leading and realizing there's no one up there that looks like me, that talks like me, that has to deal with the same challenges as me. So I operated from a place of fear. I operated from a place of saying like, I can't do this, I'm not worthy enough, I'm gonna be stuck here, and that's just fine with me. And you have to get out of that mindset and operate from, not operate from a place of I'm fearless. Mm -hmm. 
Like when I go into the CEO's office, I come from a place of I'm fearless, I'm the expert, I'm gonna tell you what needs to be done, and then we're gonna work it out and this is what we're gonna do. So you have to really change around, get some self-confidence, and operate from a place of not being fearful, but being fearless. And the more that you operate from that place, the more that you can just go in and conquer. And then not only open the door, change the door, redecorate the room, get a new table, and you don't have to bring your chair to that same table, because that same table still holds the same issues. Get a new table in, and then change that up. So that would be probably the best advice that I have for people who are coming up into leadership positions. Right. And um, one of my recommendations, and I go back with what we were talking about earlier, and it was successful for me you know, 15, 20 years ago, I think it's still successful now, is that the mentorship, I think that's very important. Um, I agree with everything that Wendy said in reference to making sure that you are clear with what direction you would like to take. You may have a few bumps in the road, but overall you are focused and, um, and that you have the confidence in what you're doing. But if you can um, tag along with someone who's in that same field, um, I know for me, I gained more passion about human resources. I became more curious. And that allowed me to continue to search and search and search and put myself in the right place. So I think the mentorship, um, the confidence, the passion, you are very passionate about what you do, you enjoy what you do. Um, those are some of the tips that I would give. Thank you so much for sharing with me. Um, for participating in this conversation about the essence of Black women leaders. I'm so excited to talk with you, and I hope everyone learned a little bit. I know I did. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning, LLC. Essence Learning is your solution to personal and professional development. We partner with our clients to develop a learning strategy that will increase productivity, enhance performance, and align with their purpose and goals. For more information visit us online at essencelearning.net or call us at 1-877-657-5755.